Hi, and welcome back to Beam Radio. I am Maggie Tate. I am usually behind the scenes as the podcast editor, but this week, Bruce and I are at ElixirConf in Orlando, and we'll be doing short interviews with folks attending the conference. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Beam Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Bruce, and I've got Zach Daniel for the Ash Framework. I've got a couple of questions for you. So, Zach, what is the Ash Framework, and why should people be excited about it? Uh, hey, thanks, Bruce. Uh, it's it's really great to uh, be here and nice to chat with you. Um, so Ash is primarily a domain modeling tool. The idea is with a declarative framework, you can build up the intent in your system. And in Ash, that looks like resources. So resources can model anything like maybe a database table or an external API or or anything like that. And we build, we ship with Ash a whole suite of like tools, configurations, options, and extensions that can then do things like you know automatically build a GraphQL API for you from your resources, or automatically generate migrations from whenever you change a, a field on your on your resources will generate a migration. And all I mean honestly, there's just so much there that it would be you know hard, I couldn't list it all if you gave me a couple hours. But the the tagline is. Uh, model your domain and derive the rest. So we want you to tell us the important bits and then Ash has all tooling inside of it to figure out how to build the rest of your application. And I know that there are going to be listeners that think they want to run away kicking and screaming from a code generation framework, but I, I urge you to check this out because this framework has not just the ease of use on top, and the declarative nature that you expect from a functional language, but it also has the escape hatches that let you underneath when you need to. Don't have to, but you can, so that's beautiful. You had your first Ash training at an Elixir Comp. How did that go? The training, I think, was it was good. It, it, it was very educational for me. I am not a professional trainer. I write code, I'm a programmer, and, but you know, what I'm doing, necessitates education and necessitates outreach and helping you know new users and so i've had to really shift gears mentally to be able to put myself in this space um and so yesterday i just i learned a lot about how to train on a large wide subject matter and you know how kind of no battle plan survives the battlefield and uh ultimately i think I, you know i'm, I'm pleased with how it went for the fact that it was the first training, but we definitely had a lot of information. We got it, we threw a lot at, at, at the people in the classroom. And so I think, I think it was very educational. And Zach, what are you interested in seeing in this particular Elixir Conf? Anything got you excited? So, you know, I use Phoenix every day for my job. Um, and even, even with, you know, Ash Framework plugs directly into Phoenix, right? So I, I use them together. So even though I'm using Ash all the time, I'm using Phoenix all the time as well. And just to see the continuous improvement on Phoenix Live View uh, and Phoenix in general is honestly just a really exciting thing to me. Even even when there's like, you know, there's super glamorous like AI talks and machine learning talks and all that. But for me, just like regular quality of life improvements for building Phoenix applications are very meaningful because um, they impact my everyday. So I, I think I'm really excited about that. And then one of the things I really like to see is also just kind of like what the community is up to. Like I like to get a pulse on, you know, my people. So we've got so many cool projects happening. We've got so many new faces and old faces doing like really interesting things. And so for me, it's all about um, 
just kind of checking in and like being human people with the Elixir community instead of just, you know, everybody being a bubble on Zoom. Yeah, I like that, Zach. I'm kind of very much the same. Just a, a finger on the pulse of the community is is a excellent thing. I got to ask you, it's early in the conference, but have you had any breakthrough moments so far? So what is actually interesting, and it's not really what I expected, but since I did a training before the conference started, which, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about that already, but I have been in this mode of like delivering content, right? Even though I've given talks before, it's I've always been in a very like relay information to people, but I've just been thinking, you know, how, how could I have made that training more engaging and how can I do that going forward? And so the thing that really just uh, stuck with me is I can't I, I can't remember whose talk it was, but it was the talk about, you know, you know, black box AI, uh, essentially like all of the different things that you can do with AI, like image generation, all this sort of stuff. And it showed practical patterns for doing it in Elixir. And the thing that stood out for me, though, is that he had such a hilarious and fun example that he shared with the audience that got everybody interested. And so he he had like, uh, he called it Shinstagram, which was like, and so he made a, a it was AI doing Instagramming together and commenting on posts. And so he called out Jose Valim directly and made a, a, an AI profile for him and said that he loved cats. And the thing is, you know, it that example made for such a memorable talk. And I think that's something that everybody can come together for wh wherever you fall in the AI, like, you know, if you're interested in AI, if you're, you know, or if you're whatever you, that was still a blast. And so that really just stood out to me as like, I need to remember that when I'm delivering content, either in a training or in a talk, it's not just about getting information to people. It's about being engaging and finding something that people will have fun with. I like that, that too. It seems like we have this mind mill going, but, uh, so I, I believe that we are fundamentally storytellers, right? And almost every profession has their version of this. And is there any last thing that you want to tell the Beam Radio community um, about anything that you're working on or what's got you excited or something that you just like to plug? Yeah, I've got some I've got some uh, things going on. So we're we've got Ash 3.0 is going to come out in the next couple months. And we've got a lot of really heavy hitting features coming out in you know between now and then and then there's going to be a big focus on developer experience and and smoothing out some of the rough edges that that have remained since 2.0 i've got some other little announcements um we're very excited to bring on a new member to the core team uh barnabas j i i want to mangle his last name so i'm just going to say barnabas j you can see him around on our discord server he's been just absolutely indispensable and he's always been he's always willing to roll his you know roll his sleeves up and get get his hands dirty and you know fix issues and and help users in our discord server so he's just he's been absolutely great we've got two new projects on the way um one of the, both of them unreleased one of them uh, is called igniter and it's a general purpose code generation tool for uh things like uh mix if you have like mix phoenix new right it's so basically an accessible uh tool so that anybody can make project generators and and customize project generators um, and we're hoping to build some standardization around that in the community around how we actually generate uh, our code and use templates and all that sort of stuff. So that's James Harton, who's also a core team member of Ash. He's working on that. And then I have a sort of secret project that I'm I'm just uh, I'm not we're not going to tell anybody what it what it is or what it does. But the project's called Bolt, and uh, we've got some cool stuff coming uh, from that front. So just 
you know, we just keep chugging along and trying to crank out cool stuff. Thanks for spending this time with us. It was my pleasure. Hi, I'm Savannah. I gave a talk at the Elixir US conference on functional juniors leveling up your new Elixir devs. Some really exciting things about this talk is that I went over some learning processes that work really, really well with Elixir and help to level up the skills of not only new Elixir devs, but takeaways for managers to utilize to help their Elixir devs become um, more well-rounded and have a deep understanding of the Elixir language in general. Hey everyone, this is Joshua Plick. I'm at ElixirConf 2023, and it's really exciting. I'm standing with Tyler. It's cool that you can meet people that you met online and you kind of kind of see their faces and you kind of feel like you know them even though you've never met them before. I think one of the coolest things about being at ElixirConf is that you kind of can just solidify relationships that you're kind of like building online in a way, but like actually meeting people in person is is awesome. Uh, it leads to networking, it leads to friendships and either future opportunities or future collaboration and that's I, th I think an an unconsidered aspect of coming to ElixirConf. Hey, I am Tyler Young. I'm giving a talk this week on migrations, like data migrations and code migrations and all the things, uh, kind of doing a little bit of story time from stuff we've done at Felt. Um, the talk that I have enjoyed most so far is about Beacon CMS. Um, this is a an Elixir framework for for building a CMS, and and I really hope that we can use it in the future to displace some of the WordPress projects because. I've I've been on many teams where we built a WordPress site and it served their needs for a while, and then five years down the road, everybody hated WordPress and was desperate to move off of it. So um, it'll be really cool to see that kind of get off the ground and and have an Elixir alternative for that stuff. Okay, so so my question for you is, how do you get into an organization that that hires juniors, or how do you get your organization to start hiring juniors? Like all of the jobs, it seems like are like senior developer or above. I originally started out in JavaScript. And so I was applying for jobs that were more junior roles in JavaScript, and I didn't have much professional experience. I just had freelanced. So speaking from an Elixir perspective, I think like a pure junior role, like I don't know any other language, is super uncommon unless you went through like an apprenticeship program like Dockyard or Launch Scout. Yeah, like one of those. Um, so with, with my company, I wasn't aiming for Elixir. It just kind of came with it, which, you know, is great. <laughs> I love that. But I think, what was the question, how do we get more companies yeah, to? How do, we, how do we get our companies to start hiring juniors? Ah, well, okay, so actually the majority of my talk was like kind of a bit of that. Okay. I, I think that companies need to realize that Elixir is a language that is easy to home grow your own devs. So if you, if you pick a dev that maybe has a little experience or maybe doesn't, Elixir is a language that's really, really friendly for like the learning process and the materials that we have, the resources available are really quality and it has a passionate community. There are people that like want to keep you in the community and are excited to teach you. There's lots of meetups, lots of groups. There's not an elitist mentality, at least so far that I can tell. So I think there's a, a lot of reasons to grow your own devs and they're going to be thankful for that and they'll stay with you for know hopefully at least three to five years put that on a billboard yes yeah <laughs> hello everyone this is bruce with beam radio i am here with Voitech of dashbit it's been a while since we've been together how long has it been uh hey bruce um i think it's been like four or five years i think 2018 or 19 so it's been a, it's been a minute and how has your elixir conf experience been so far 
uh it's been great just seeing people again you know after after a while and just um yeah i've been enjoying the talks as well so here's the question that trips everybody up what are your breakthrough moments so far I did have a pretty good one. So on the on the op opening keynote, I think Chris uh, Chris had a really good talk and kind of like talking about distributed elixir, which we sometimes maybe not speak uh, enough about. Um, so I'm gonna plug my talk just a little bit. So I'm gonna be talking about HTTP client. I re recently added streaming support. So like request body streaming, response body streaming. Um, it is, if I may say so, pretty cool because we can actually stream two files very easily. And to kind of like bring it home, um, talking about distributed elixir, if you get a file handled, you know, like the file PID from another node, it's just gonna work. You can stream from wherever you are to whatever the other node is. Is you can stream response body from one node to another. It just works. Um, I think, yeah, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool platform. Yeah, it seems like that keeps happening a lot in the Elixir community that we build on top of an old abstraction and things just work. And, and we realize we might have forgotten something, but it turns out that the people who came before us have already remembered for us. And I, I, I like that. That's been happening in, in the whole machine learning community and in the live book community. So it seems to happen over and over. So I'm going to give you one last chance to plug anything, any personal project or any Dashbit project that you're interested in. Um, not, not sure about any projects, but I would just like to say for people to try out things. Um, like so, w one of the things that I did with my uh, with, with the REC uh, project was kind of like uh, being extensible. So if you if you just look for other libraries and um, see if they're extensible, if they if they aren't, uh, you know, make them extensible. I think we can all um, have nice tools this way, kind of you know, extend them ourselves. There you are. You heard it from Voitech. Be curious. Get your hands dirty. With me, I have Sean Moriarty. Hey, congratulations on your book. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm excited to finally have it out. I had a lot of people asking me about it, so um, it's good to have it out there and, and in people's hands. Yeah, in this book, you actually have some underpinnings, right? So the last one you had, uh, genetic, what was it called? Genetic Algorithms and Elixir. Uh, genetic algorithms and elixir this was before the connection with jose now you have a lot of machine learning work behind you uh how are you finding elixir comp so far yeah it's been really awesome um in my talk i mentioned that i think it was three years ago when jose had announced the nx project and now uh, at elixir comp this time we have i think double digit uh machine learning talks and and you know it's amazing to see how large the machine learning community has grown in such a short amount of time so yeah, it's been pretty awesome and one of the things that we continue to see is that the abstractions keep building on each other cleanly so that that you are both so patient to get everything off the ground in the right way has kind of accelerated the pro the progress of the overall project yeah that's right and i think um that was kind of like uh, i guess a big moment for me, or a clicking moment was during Chris McCord's keynote when he started talking about how uh, all of the small decisions they made early on with Elixir and the, and the Phoenix project have kind of led to these pretty incredible things getting built on top of it. So it's you know small building blocks, and I think we took that same approach, and now we're starting to see how all of these things can kind of tie together with uh, deployments and and uh, you know distributing uh, uh, machine learning workloads across multiple nodes. Um, so uh, it's been pretty awesome to see all of this stuff come together. Indeed, it has been exciting. And speaking of all these small moments, have you had any breakthroughs at the conference so far? 
Yeah, I, th I think that, honestly the biggest breakthrough is just seeing the, the the breadth of the things that are possible in the ecosystem with LiveView Native and uh, you know the machine learning stuff with NX and then uh, you know Phoenix LiveView. Obviously, everybody knows like the the web deployment story, but um, I think really an underrated part of the ecosystem is the embedded deployment story with Nerves. You can do LiveView Native now, targeting like app native application development. So really, just the the breadth of things that are possible. Um, and then like the diversity of, of people and ideas that are, you know, in the ecosystem. Um, I think it's a, it's a pretty awesome ecosystem in general and everyone here is so friendly. So there's been a lot of cool moments for me, honestly, at the conference. Excellent. And with that, we'll make a shout out to Frank Unlith, who is not here. We've seen Justin here. So, um, and they've, they've kind of invested so much in that ecosystem. So Frank, thanks for all of your great work. We hope to see you next year and. Uh, I have one last question. Is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners of Beam Radio? Yeah, I think um, the, the biggest thing I want to say is if you haven't uh, been to an Elixir Conf or you're, you're hesitant on, on attending, uh, I think just absolutely do it. It's, it's one of the best conferences that's put on. Um, everyone here is super friendly. And if you're thinking about giving a talk or you're on the fence about it, definitely do it. I am not the most confident public speaker, but uh, every time I come and do it to, at, a, at Elixir Conf, I, I never regret it. So um, absolutely take the jump. There you have it. Put yourself out there. And this comes from Sean Moriarty, who put himself out there with a book about something that probably shouldn't have been done in Elixir. He did. He wrote about it. Jose found the project. And gosh, they're making computer science history. So thanks so much for this, this conversation. Yep. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I have Mickey Resentes. I have three questions for you. First, how is your Elixir conference so far? Great. You want, a, you want a longer answer than that, don't you? I do want a longer answer than that. I've enjoyed myself because I've been coming, this is my third year in a row coming out. And so I get to see a lot of the same people. And so you, you get to touch base with people that are in, in the industry and see what kind of challenges they're hitting. It's just nice to have the larger community. Engineers forget that it's about people. It's one thing I like about you. You remember. My second question for you is, have you had any breakthroughs or aha moments with ElixirConf this year so far? It's been more of a things lining up as evidence that you're headed the right direction. For example, I went to a testing talk this morning and it was really good. And I was sitting there thinking about how my talk kind of dovetails with that because she was talking about how to do a better job testing and different types of testing. And, and my talk is about how to design things. And if, when you're designing things properly, you're designing for test. And so you're kind of seeing these things weave together. And that's probably the bigger aha. Wonderful. That was Jenny's talk. And I, I've heard it was excellent. I actually missed it. I was, I got to talking and couldn't shut up. <laughs> so the last question that I have for you, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? Yeah. So a few years ago, when I first started doing the Elixir comp talk, I heard that there was a Q and A at the end of the session. And I don't like Q and A's mostly because I've had a couple bad experiences where people get up with a microphone and decide to talk about themselves for a minute and then ask you what your favorite color is, which technically is a question, but not really on point. And so to avoid that kind of thing or the well actually guys who wanna get up and like take issue with something, I decided that I wanted to be more effective and give the last five minutes of my talk to a more junior developer to get, give them an experience with talking and also to give them our like, like a, a pre pre-done audience. No one has to risk it. They're just coming out to hear someone talk. And so what I did was my daughter was graduating from it, uh, had just graduated with her CS degree. And so I asked her to go ahead and fill in the last five minutes of my talk. And that worked really well. 
Uh, and in that spirit, you're offering your last five minutes again. And I have Kate at ElixirConf. How's your ElixirConf so far? It's great. <laughs> can you give us a little more? I can tell you're related. Can you give us a little more? Yeah, it's been great. It's been better than the past Elixir comps because in the past when I've come, I haven't been able to understand the talks. A lot of them have gone over my head. But this time, I learned to kind of manage the social, like the way to navigate the crowd. But also, I can sit down and listen to the talks. So I feel very put together and at ease. So I'm liking it. Future upcoming ninja right here. So I have another question for you. Have you had any aha moments or breakthroughs at Elixir Comp? Yeah. Um, I was sitting in that same talk with my mom. It was nice because she explained how I can make my code easier to test. And there are strategies to be to go about that to uh, make testing easier for our QA engineers. Uh, one thing that she said is um, if you have a stateful, if you have a stateful program, you only have to test one state. So finding a way to get it to like the third state without them having to go through each individual state before testing the third state. I thought that that was cool and I want to try implementing that at work. That's really excellent. So one of the cool things about this moment is I've seen a lot of generational pairings at in the Elixir community. Uh, most notably, we stopped and met Frank Conlith and his daughter, Alex. And we got to spend some time with them. But this is the first mother-daughter generational moment that I've seen at, at ElixirConf. And I really like that idea. Mickey, Kate, that was wonderful. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Bruce at Beam Radio.